So let's look at some other things about the Holy Spirit here. Uh, we're supposed to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's the third member of the Trinity. He's God. He's there at the very beginning of creation. Second verse of the Bible. The Spirit's moving over the surface of the deep. He's the, he's the one. He's like the, the power. He's the get it done member of the Trinity. Some people say it's like the Father's kind of the architect. Jesus is the one that implemented the, the, he's the revelation and he's the one that that makes it all possible and then the Holy Spirit is the one that gets it done he's the hands on get it done member of the Trinity but he's moving over the waters like yeah this is pretty chaotic but I think I can work with this kind of like your life the Bible says that he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit so he's, the, he's, he's like the hands-on, get-it-done member of the Trinity, I guess you could say. He's a person. He's not an it. Don't call him an it. Call him a he. But we're all going to do it, right? We're all going to call him an it. And uh, I hope nobody calls me an it today at lunch. You know, like my son's home, and uh, maybe I don't get to say goodbye to him before he goes to see some of his friends in Topeka and... Oh, Dad's not here? Uh, tell it. Tell it that I'm leaving. No, tell him. He's a him. He's not an it. Right? The Holy Spirit's not an it. He's a person. He, he can be grieved. He can be lied to. So in Ephesians 4, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How can he be grieved? When you don't love people, like Matt was saying. It makes him sad. And if you get a lot of people who don't love those around them and God, etc., he kind of pulls away because he does just like you. Do you like being around people that don't love you? Make fun of you or make fun of the people you love? Or do you like being around your children when they're fighting with each other and hating each other? No, no. He wants to be in a situation where people are loving each other. So don't grieve him. Learn how to love. He can be lied to. So there's some Christians in the church. And by lying to the church, the apostles say, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Because... The church is cooperating with the Holy Spirit to do God's will on earth. So when you try to pull something over on the church, it's like you're trying to pull something over on the Holy Spirit. Just don't lie to Him. He's distinct and separate from the Father and Son. There's a historic error called modalism. And it basically, and there's a whole denominations that are kind of founded on this historical error. But when I heard it, when I was a brand, pretty new Christian, I thought, ah, oh, that's it. That's, that explains the Trinity perfectly. And it's this idea that God, this person, God, has three masks. Like, think of me with three masks in front of me. Like, I'm going to be the Father now, and I'm going to be the Son, and I'm going to be the Spirit, now the Son, now the Spirit, now the Son, now the Father. And I was like, ah, oh, makes perfect sense. Now, that's a historical error called modalism. Because what is Jesus, who is God, doing when he's praying to the Father? Like, dear Father, yeah, what do you need? Uh, I was just, uh, and, and then it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. So what's that all about? It doesn't make any sense. And so like the best kind of way to blow that up, you can do it a hundred different ways, is when you have them all three in the same snapshot at the baptism of Jesus. Where Jesus, who is clearly God, is being baptized. And he comes out of the water, and the Holy Spirit, who is clearly God, then descends upon him. And then the Father from heaven says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. But anyway, he's a distinct and separate person. 
And Jesus said, remember what he said in John 16, I'm going away, but it's to your advantage because if I go away, I have chosen to become one of you guys. I'm divine, but I've also chosen to take on a human nature. So I have the problem of now being localized. Now the Holy Spirit is still, he could be everywhere, present, working with everybody at the same time. And so now he's going to come and he's going to be able to deal with this whole room full of people. He's going to be able to have conversation with every single person, empower every person, convict every person. All six billion of you on planet Earth, he's going to be able to deal with you all at the same time. So he's distinct and separate from the Father and the Son, and yet he's God. And he's not an it. And Jesus said, I will send to you another helper. Great passages in like John 12, 13, especially 14. That really, he said, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. And, and, and he's saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to send someone like me, same character as me, the way that I love you, the way that I care for you, the way that I lead you, the way that I protect you. I'm sending someone like me, a helper. <laughs> See, some, some Bibles say comfort. <coughs> paraclete, not parakeet. He's not sending a parakeet, he's sending a paraclete. But a helper, a comforter. But someone like me, that we can have with us all the time to fill us, to guide us, to help us. Oh, also John does some interesting things with, is he really a she? Or is he just a force, like electricity? And the book of John especially does some interesting things. And for those, this is for all the people in the Greek club. The word spirit is neuter, so it should correspond to the word it, if John is being grammatically correct. But he says the neuter word spirit, and then he uses the masculine word he. And he didn't have to, unless, of course, he was trying to make the point that the spirit is a he. Uh, Let's see. We can have fellowship with him. I enjoy fellowship. You guys enjoy fellowship? Praying with people, hanging out with people who love you, being encouraged, encouraging, great place to fellowship, meals together. That's why we like to eat together. Fellowship. So you can fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then I already said this. He's often overlooked and doesn't seem to mind. John 14 says, He's going to glorify me, Jesus says. He inspired the writing of Scripture. 1 John 1, 21 says, uh, no prophecy of, ever, of Scripture was... It, it's not a matter of our own interpretation. He says, men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. But then to understand what the Scripture says, he's the one that has to help us do it. The Bible talks about, do you know spiritual things the world can't understand them? So I just don't understand why in seminary they waste so much time talking with unsaved scholars. It says you can't understand this stuff. Things which eye has not seen, ears not heard, haven't entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love Him. But to us, He revealed them through the Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit to understand. So He wrote it. He illumines us. He's the one that brings conviction when you feel bad about not loving others, loving God, living your life as you should. That's the Spirit. He's the one that regenerates us. For those of us who are born again, He did it. He affected it. He made it happen. Jesus made it possible. The Spirit made it happen. So that's John. Unless you're born of water and the Spirit, I don't think that's talking about baptism. All through John, water is the Spirit. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
He says in John, and from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Thus he spoke of the Spirit. So, but you need to be born of the Spirit. Cleanses us, saves us. Then he takes up residence within us. Do you guys all realize if you're born again, he's in there? When you screw up, he doesn't go back to heaven and say, call me when you get your act together. You may be grieving him. You may be quenching him. He may be weeping. But he's in there. And so Paul tells the Corinthians who are sinning, don't you know your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, not who was in you until you went to the prostitute because that's what they were doing in Corinth. Or before you shacked up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or before you went to the bar last night and got hammered or whatever you did or looked at porn on your phone. Don't you know he's always in there? And then Paul says, so glorify God with your body. That's what he's saying. Do you not realize he's stuck with you and you're stuck with him? In that same passage, he says, you've become one spirit with him. You are forever conjoined with the Holy Spirit. And that's where your goodness comes from. That's where your power comes from. So anyway, are you aware of that? Don't you know? And then that, that other verse has become one. See, I, got, I ran out of time, so I stopped putting verse references here. Then he guides us, and I already talked about that. That's where Philip. He says, go talk to this guy. You guys ever have one of those super cool divine appointments just freak you out? Let me see your hands, just so people who are new here crazy stuff. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't even happen every month. But it happens if you're God's kid. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's impossible. How did that just happen? That was crazy. No way. Literally, you'd be walking around your apartment in your house. No way. No way. That's it. No way. That couldn't have happened. And it just did. So he leads us. He guides us. He wants to make our life fun and supernatural. And then he also empowers us for Christian service, which a lot of people are scared of this one right now. But you should all be doing supernatural things if you're born again. If you're not born again, get born again, because none of this is yours. You're on the outside, you're like, a, you're like a homeless kid, and you're looking over the fence at this dad who loves his kids and this great family, this dad and his mom, their kids are all happy, and he'll take anybody and look over the fence, man, that's great. You know, and he's over there on the barbecue, hey, you want dinner? I don't know. I don't know if I can trust you. I think I'm going to go dig through the trash can. Right? And then we're going to be playing games. You want to come over and have some fun? Oh, no. I think I'll just sit in the corner, loathing myself. That's all right with you. No, none of this applies when you're not born again. You're going to come over and say, hey, you know what? I want to be a part of this. And he says, well, then I've got to adopt you. And I've got to clean you up. And I've got to forgive you. And I've got to put my spirit in you. And I've got to make you new. And then it's all yours. But if you've never done that, sorry, none of this applies to you. But if you're born again, there's all this stuff the spirit will do, can do. And, and then when you read about people like that, even those of us who have experienced some things, there's a hundred times more. So this one, he'll give you power. <laughs> it's really fun when you share a truth of God to someone who's broken and lost and they're overwhelmed. And it's not really you speaking anymore. They're dealing with the God who made them. And you're just the lightning rod. You're just the conduit to bring that healing balm to their soul. And if you've never experienced that, you've not lived much. Or to be able to share Christ with someone who feels totally overwhelmed, lost in their sin. Or be able to set a demoniac free. 
and the world's going, we got nothing to help this suicidal, self-harming, self-loathing, crazy person. You're like, I, I, I got something. And, then, and you get to be the one. We get power from the Holy Spirit. What do you know of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Are you saving it like this when you plow through the creek? Are you like, <laughs> I believe in the Holy Spirit, man. I believe, I have, I, yeah, I've seen him sweep through a room. I've seen him transform a life. And you know what? Some of you are like, you know, I haven't seen much, but I've got to get a hold of this. Then I've succeeded. Because that's what we should all be doing. And it doesn't matter what you've experienced. You should be saying more, more, more. And when the apostles got filled in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, they're like, more, more, more. And then after they're done in Acts chapter 4, they're still saying more. whole bunch of stuff. So let's see. Let's wrap this up. So first of all, do you know him as the one who gave you spiritual birth? If not... Please come talk to me. If you're on Zoom, please come talk to me. Super easy to get into the kingdom. I don't know. I don't feel exactly right saying that. All you got to give him is absolutely everything. And die to everything so that you can live to him. So you lose your life to find it. But it can happen, like John Wesley said, like a lightning strike from heaven in an instant. We're not going to make you take a 12-week course. You can do it before you walk out the door. You can be made new, made clean, filled with the Holy Spirit, set on a new course, heavens open over you. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places becomes yours. Do you know him as the one who gave you spiritual birth? Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. As the one who guides your life. So many, you know, and I don't know you, but so many of you guys are just trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. You're not taking any time with God in the morning in prayer. You're not ransacking his word because you still think you're pretty slick or that your parents are pretty slick, or your friends are pretty slick, or the program you're in in college is going to help you figure it out. And God's like, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Learn to trust in me with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, get to know me. Yada, get to know me. I'll make your path straight. I'll get you where you need to go. You will fulfill your creative... Is he your guide? Do you know him as your guide? And that's being so sensitive to the Spirit that he can hey, go talk to that guy in the chariot. That's a government official. He could have me killed. Look at those bodyguards. They're huge. Uh, excuse me. No, don't kill him, Bruno. Let him up here. What you doing there? <laughs> I'm reading Isaiah 53. What in the world is this about? Oh. Let me share Jesus with you. Guys, born again. The church tradition is that's where the Ethiopian Christian church came from. That encounter. Anyway, do you know him as your guide? The one who opens your mind? When you go to Scripture, say, God, apart from you, I am as ignorant as a doorstop. I am as dumb as a rock. I cannot make 2 plus 2 equals 4 out of Scripture unless you open my mind. Please open my mind. You know what he's going to say to you? Then when I do, you respond properly to what I say. Because if you say no, once I show you what it says, I'm closing down the operation. That's why some of you guys can't read your Bible and get anything out of it. He told you what to do and you won't do it. As soon as you do that, you shut off the switch. Woo, woo, woo. It all shuts down. But you keep saying yes, he's going to show you more and more and more and more. Do you know him as the one who opens your mind? The one who gives you power to be holy? You don't grit your teeth and try to be good. You figure out what the scripture says about this. 
And you say, oh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, my sinful nature, my flesh has been dealt the death blow, and by faith I can tap into the resurrection power of God. So being good is easy and fun. Amen? Amen. Any of you guys know that? How to tap into the being good is easy and fun? If you're not, it's not easy and fun for you. Loving people isn't easy and fun. You're not tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know Him as your power to be holy? That's Galatians 5. Walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the desire of the flesh. Flesh sets his desire against the Spirit. Spirit against the flesh. He's in opposition so that you cannot do the things that you want to. He's the one that helps you worship. You ever wonder why some people look like they're just like on drugs and in the third heaven and high out of their mind when they're singing? They're crying and they're just like pouring out their hearts to God and they just look like they're in an altered state of consciousness. It's because the Holy Spirit is helping them to glorify and connect with their Creator. And there's nothing like that. It is better than any drug because it's not dirty and it's not a no-no. But that's the difference. The Holy Spirit helps you get there in your worship. I, remember, I can remember the first time I actually worshiped God with a little help from the Holy Spirit. And I just like, I, I all of a sudden, what the, what was that? What in the world was that? It, there's a band back in the day used to call themselves Silver Wind. And I think they, they tried to find a word that expressed what they felt when they got in that place. It was, it was like something out of Narnia, like, like this wind blowing through you. You're like, what in the world just happened there? I remember like stepping aside. I'll try that again. <laughs> That's cool. You know, that is my drug. It's all I need. I don't need, you know, that song is, you're all I need. You're all I need. You're all I need. I'm not like, mm, gee, maybe I should go burn some candles or read some mystics or something. I'm just not feeling. No, it's like I can get into God's presence. He helps me to worship. The Bible says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. You don't need any more fullness than the fullness. When you get the fullness and you get more, then it just runs over. And that's what Jesus said. That's a good thing because then people see it and then they want it. He's the one who lets you experience fellowship with heaven, kind of what I was just talking about. And he's the one who gives you power for service. So, um, say I don't, I, this is what happens when I don't prepare. Seriously. And it's already too much, and I went too long, and I wish I could preach half-hour sermons, and I can't. It just seems like I can't. And I mean, I guess if someone said, I'll kill you if you don't, I could figure it out.